Schedulicity has done it once again. They, uh, uh, in addition to their $5,000 a month grant that they give to a barber or to a hairstylist, um, they just, uh, they just made it so it's uh, a little bit easier to make some money. Yeah. I mean, they uh, came out with a credit card processing uh, payment system called Schedulicity Pays. It's pretty exciting, right? I mean, like they're offering it, uh, they're offering credit card processing for 1.99% or 10 cents a, a swipe, but... And what's cool about that is that they'll get, even give you a uh, free uh, card reader. That's unheard of, right? Because I know I paid like a bunch of money for mine. Yeah. You know? So they're going to give it to you free and then only charge you 1.99% per- with... Uh, 10 cent a swipe fee, right? Yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. Um, and also what's really cool too is it works within your Schedule City app, so you don't even have to leave the app or use a different um, like app outside of outside of the, uh, you know, the, the, the already app, right? Yeah, you just stay in one platform. That's can't it. get easier than that either. I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? And you can uh, manage all your uh, all your papers right through there, right? Yeah, all your inventory and everything. It, you know, all major credit cards are accepted. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the best part, which is also what makes Schedulicity incredible, is their their customer service, or as I like to be called, the rock stars. The rock stars. So you still have the love, same. Love the rock stars. The rock stars are are the difference makers in this company, as far as I'm concerned. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and so you still get that uh, that that same service with them. Um, so I mean, literally getting paid just got a little bit better. Yeah. And then for uh, more information, just visit schedulicitycares.com to find out uh, more information on getting paid. Schedulicity Cares. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corgan. Of course, sit with my best bud. Tony, what's up, man? What's going on, bruh? So uh, we seem to be saying this a lot during the podcast, but this is a long time coming. Yeah. And, and you're talking about uh, a, a woman that uh, is making noise and a, a strong woman. This is, this is today. This is today, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, she's doing things uh, that most people even, I mean, no matter who you are, don't have the guts to do. One thousand percent, and like I can't wait to get kind of a uh, later on in the story, and she can kind of tell us how uh, how she decided to uh, to tackle this challenge. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt, right? Ready? <laughs> Let's just get right in. Let's do it, so man. today, um, well, a little backstory. So I, I think the first time we, the first time that I kind of uh, that our guest today came on our um, radar was she did a, uh, I guess last June, so June of two thousand eighteen, right before we went to premiere. Um, she did a post about about staying positive and about being a positive role model and being i think she called it a positive influencer or you know how 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 was your influence positive right so that like that shot her into you know our stratosphere and uh and it was just really interesting and, and i like the momentum that it picked up um, it's funny we've been talking about her for over a year <laughs> i know and then we actually i think the first time we met was november right when we were in la yeah yeah and we uh we uh we got to hang out with her a little bit so that was pretty cool and then um she, uh, she's got some cool stuff coming up real soon that she's going to talk about. And, uh, dude, let's just get in. Yeah. So our guest today is, uh, is Jenny Streeby. And uh, uh, Jenny Streeby is the 
confessions of a hairstylist that it or confessions of a hairdresser anyways jenny welcome to your day off man hello thank you so much for having me this is so fun it's cool man thanks for thanks for coming on what what i I messed your instagram up is it is it confessions of a hairstylist or hairdresser or what is it yeah it's the confessions of a hairstylist it's so long and i remember gerard making fun of me like five years ago that it was just way too long and like a year ago he was like you know what it worked jenny well done so (laughs) it's just so dang long Right. Well done, Jenny. So you had it right the first time, and then you messed it up. I messed it up. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> In my own way. <laughs> my story, man. Right. My story. <laughs> so, Jenny, t- um, let's go back a year ago. So, what what motivated the uh, the 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 positive influencer thing, or then, and and were you shocked by uh, by the uh, the response? A hundred percent. So what really inspired the positive influencer movement is that, you know, like I'm kind of old school in the sense of I've been doing hair for a long time. I um, have a Tony and Guy background. So I worked with Tony and Guy. They were like my first job at, you know, the age of 18. And I just remember like always being polished and they wanted you to like always be a good role model and lead a good example. And, you know, with social media, I just felt like there's no need to bash. And I was kind of getting sick of it. And just people like myself and other influencers, I was just trying to encourage them to like almost take a pledge that they are going to be a good role model and be positive and not bash others work. Because you know, as a young hairstylist, it can be like really detrimental to your um, self-confidence if someone tells you that they hate that haircut or that hair color. So instead of bashing people, I just wanted to create something really uplifting. And yeah, it went kind of, I think there was like over 4,000 pledges. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you definitely inspired us. I mean, you know, the whole, we talk about hashtag unfollow negativity. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of our, our, our main uh, tags is, is, and it's, you know, you've been a, a big inspiration for us when it comes to stuff like that as well. But, but where did you grow up? I grew up in Walla Walla, Washington. So really small <laughs> That's town. a real place? Yeah, it totally is. That sounds in, like a cartoon. Um, <laughs> no, I, Walla, I Walla. actually... I think the, what is it? Not the Looney Tunes or whatever. They're always quoting Walla Walla. Like they're always saying they're from Walla Walla or go to Walla Walla. Because it's like, sounds so ridiculous, but it means many waters in native language. So, but yeah, small town girl right here. Small town girl with with lots of water. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) And Looney Tunes. That's why my, that's why my hair is wet. Not because I got out of hot yoga. (laughs) Good segue. Uh, <laughs> um, totally. So, so how'd you find uh, our wonderful hair world? Well, I always knew I was going to do hair. I was definitely one of those per- people that always played around with her Barbie dolls. Um, and this is going to sound a little corny, but, you know, I would always give my friends makeovers, even like second or third grade. And I don't know, I just loved it. And it was very creative and throughout the years. And I was a total skater chick in high school. And I was always doing like half, like one color and the other half a different color. And then I would do all my friends hair for prom. And I just, I've always known I was going to do hair. Like I, I just loved how it kind of empowered people feeling good about themselves. Wow. Did you do like a high school program or were you like, you went to like a proper hair school? 
No, I went to a proper hair school. So I graduated when I was 17 um, in Walla Walla. And then I moved to Portland, Oregon. Uh, gosh, I think with like $1,200 in my pocket and got a studio apartment in one weekend and just enrolled myself into cosmetology school. That's cool. Is it is yeah. the still there? No, it's not. So at 17 or 18, by just, just on your own decided you're going to go up to, to Portland and go to hair school. Yeah. Well, uh, cause Walla Walla, they had a cosmetology program through the community college, which I think, you know, going there would have totally been okay, but I'm sure maybe you guys experienced this or some of the people listening, but my family were, they were kind of disappointed that I wanted to go to hair school. They're like, you're not going to make money. Like, what are you doing? And rightfully in their defense, like a small town, and this is like 18 years ago, it wasn't looked at like a really highly skilled or a position or a a profession that you can make a lot of money from. So I just wanted to take my career as far as I could go. And I thought going to a bigger city and going to an actual school would improve my chances of, you know, being successful and getting in with the right salon. Did you feel pressure because your parents felt that way? Did you feel pressure that you had to go in there and kind of prove that you could make money or that you could prove that you could take care of yourself? Hell yeah. It's probably (laughs) why I'm like doing all the crazy stuff to this day. You know, obviously I know that they're proud of me and, you know, they would probably be okay if I kind of quit where I'm at. But I definitely think that really helped, um, I don't know, catapult my determination into just creating something really great with my career. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had guts at 17. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Yeah. I guess, I guess if it's in you, it's in you. (laughs) That's it. Why did you pick Portland over like Seattle or something? Or maybe I just don't know the lay of the land or even South. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, to be honest with you, like one of my girlfriends in high school, like she always talked about Portland and she wanted to move um, there with me. And so we kind of had this like big plan to do that. And then she didn't follow through, but I just, I mean, if I say I'm going to do something, I always do it mark my word. So I don't know. I just kind of had it stuck in my head and I, I went for it. And then, then that was it. Yeah. I loved Portland. Portland's a rad place for sure. So how did you connect with TG then or Tony and guy? You said it. They, so yeah, it's funny. Cause I didn't really know what I was going to do. Like after um, cosmetology school, I knew that I wanted to work for some type of apprenticeship program. So I entered every single beauty school competition that I could. I was one of those students. And then I won first uh, place for haircutting. And I actually had a Tony and Guy recruiter from Portland come up to me and offered me a job. He told me that I would have a job after um, I graduated because he loved, you know, what I did on stage. He congratulated me, so on and so forth. So pretty much promised me a job. Um, his name was Victor, but ironically enough, when I graduated and I came knocking on their doors, I did not get hired. Was it, was, was it a, uh, was it a salon or like actually working for like Tony and Guy, the company? Yeah, it was Tony and Guy, the salon, like their salon recruiter. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I didn't get hired. Oh, Ooh, okay. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, but that's wah, actually wah. how I ended up in Phoenix though, because oh. Since I didn't get hired, I'm again, like, I'm so determined. And I was like, F Victor, like, I know I'm good enough. 
And there, at the time, there was 520 guys in the Phoenix, Arizona area. So I saved up some money. I worked at a salon part-time and then a pizza place, totally random, and saved up money and then moved to Arizona and then got hired and ended up being uh, their artistic director and on their art well, team. Slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow way woo, down. Woo, woo. Hold on, hold on. So you moved to Phoenix. Yeah. And then, and then, but you didn't even, you weren't even hired. No. Uh -uh. Before you left. So you had to go down there and then. After he promised her, it's, when you graduate, it's yours. I'm surprised she didn't yeah. end up with Bella. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you had to go to, so you had to go to Phoenix and then like beg for a job essentially. Yeah, basically. I mean, but the chances were a lot bigger here because there was five of them. Right. And I feel like there's de there was definitely more opportunities to to grow because they were I mean, they are so large here in the Arizona area. Are they are they are they independently owned or are they owned by the company? They are franchised. Okay. And then but there's at the time, I don't know what it is now, but at the time there was just two owners of like five locations. Got it. Yeah. So do you ever call Victor and say, how you like me now? <laughs> no, but I did see them at a Tony and Guy hair show like two years after or whatnot. I'm sure they didn't recognize me, but I was with my new Arizona crew and it did feel really good. Nice. <laughs> She's throwing gang signs. Right. Yeah. Arizona dog, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you know, ironically, and I don't, I don't, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but ironically enough, you know, after all the years passed, I met someone at the park and it happened to be Effie Davies. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but she's Tony and Guy's like London, like main educator international. She's won British hairdressing awards. Wow. Anyways, we became best friends like throughout the years. Our daughters are best friends and I've gotten to assist her at so many events and new uh, London Fashion Week or whatever. So I don't know. Ironically enough, like it just kind of all worked out. That's wow. awesome. Well, you know, when you, when you see a go-getter, you, uh, you let them go get. Yeah. When you yeah, have that kind totally. of determination and, and drive, you, you, you didn't let no, cause a lot of people would have like, okay, I'll go somewhere else and just go to a different salon, but you knew what you wanted and you took, you did what it took to get what you wanted. So that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty yeah, awesome. That's pretty cool. So how long, were you, uh, how long were you at the, at the salon and like, and well, kind of, so did you go through like their education program and stuff? Cause you were at that point, you were still pretty fresh uh, hairdresser, right? Yeah. So I went through their apprenticeship program and it's actually really intense. You know, every week you have training. I think it was like three or four hours long. You had to bring a model, you had to watch instructional videos and then kind of almost have your hand held throughout the haircutting process. So um, after the 12 weeks were up, you test out and then you become a stylist on the floor. So it was a 12 week program, like a boot camp. Yeah, it was. I mean, I can't, I mean, it was so long ago. I can't remember all of the other details, but it was really intense. And then of course you had to assist and sweep and all that jazz. Right. So is it, is it a small community? Do you, do you know, like a Kevin Lutchman? Yeah. Uh, Kevin's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're going to have him on the podcast too, but uh, yeah, cause he, he was with TG as well. Mm -hmm. I just to know, is it you know is it a small community or is it so big that you, know, you don't know anybody right right yeah well i think in america it's fairly small and then europe too but the tony and guys in europe aren't affiliated with the tony and guys in america i think they once were but they're not anymore but i know kevin he's awesome it's so like 
the whole Tony and Guy thing is confusing. You know, it's like Tony and Guy or TG or TIGI or whatever. You know, I've always been like massively confused about about just all that brand. I mean, listen, they've done really well, but you know, (laughs) from from my own you know knucklehead, I, I it confuses me. Yeah, it can get confusing, but I think you know, like unfortunately, money brothers. You know, one wanted one thing, the other wanted the other, and so that's that. That. And the rest is history. And the rest is yeah, history. totally. So did you so you said you did a lot of um like a lot of shows and a lot of things with TG. Yeah, well, I was a part of their art team, um, and then I was the Scottsdale, Arizona, like artistic director. So I was in charge of education, and that's actually where I kind of developed my passion for teaching because I really love teaching, and I um, you know did all the things that I could with them as far as like locally Arizona. And then um, I couldn't go any, f- and I did fashion shows, whatever, and I couldn't go any further within them. So you guys are gonna think I'm really nuts after this, okay? So I <laughs> went as far as I could, and I kept on telling people I want more. I want to like, I don't know, like work with the national artistic team. But you know, there's levels, and I I'm one that I'm a firm believer of taking the stairs, not the elevator. But no one was really giving me the opportunity to like prove myself. So. I um, saved up all my money. I got rid of everything I owned, literally like my couch, my Jeep, like all the things. And I packed up a backpack and I went backpacking in Europe for nine months to try to get hired with a Tony and Guy in Europe. And I got hired in Ireland and Czech Republic and Holland. And I chose Ireland to work in. So I, I worked there for about three months and then traveled for the remaining time. So you worked for TG in Ireland. So random, I know. What was that like, though? It was crazy. It was Galway, Ireland. So Galway is on the West Coast, and their Irish accents are so thick, you cannot even understand them. Like, I couldn't barely even talk to my clients because (laughs) I had no idea what they were saying. Um, But it was cool. Like, I don't know. It was like... um, their hair was definitely a lot difficult. I mean, because their hair is a little bit more curly prone. Of course, that was when straightening was like the biggest thing ever. And so you'd spend all this time like blow drying and straightening your client's hair and then they walk out in the rain kind of thing. So (laughs) that was annoying, but it was cool. It was like cobblestone roads and just how you would imagine Ireland would be. Yeah, it's like... Did you go, who went backpacking with you? You just doing it by? Well, I know. Uh, so I went with a girlfriend who actually worked um, at Tony and Guy with me, and we both got hired in Ireland. So she actually stayed in Ireland, and then I was dating my now husband, who's my boyfriend at the time. So he came over, and then we backpacked for a while too. That's cool. So where'd you backpack through? Oh my gosh, we went everywhere. Uh, England to France to I went as far as the Ukraine to put it that way. So awesome. I did some humanitarian stuff in the Ukraine. I I cut hair in orphanages in the Ukraine. And can I just tell you, every little kid wanted a crazy Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. It was the funniest thing ever. It was like the funniest <laughs> point in my career. But I was living for it. So I mean, I was all over the place. Czech Republic. What, did, did you know how to cut it? Did you know how to cut the, uh, the Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus mullet? 
Oh, totally. I mean, I was like, that was Tony and Guy's prime time when we were all about the crazy scenester hair and mullets and stuff. Like, I totally rocked it out. Yeah, I'm saying because if she didn't, she would have by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No doubt. Well, I mean, they're coming back, man. You see them everywhere oh, now, yeah. man. Totally, right? Yeah. Thing for like, like, like Ricky's is kind of a mullet, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And he'll fully admit it to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. He loves, well, nobody owns it like Ricky owns it. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, so how long were you in the Ukraine during, during haircuts? And like, did you do a lot of humanitarian stuff? Um, or, you know, a lot of like orphanage haircuts um, on your backpacking trip? Yeah. So I went to the Ukraine twice. Um, and I got connected because one of my clients goes over there like once a year on like a mission. So um, I got connected with her and then I just went with their group. They're a bunch of dentists. And then I was, you know, the token hairstylist. <laughs> and uh, so I went there for about a week and then came back again around Christmas time and uh, did it again. So I've, I've been twice within like six months, I think. So it was cool. That's it was really cool. cool. Man, that's something I want to do. Just you know what I mean. Just put a pack up, yeah, and just just roll. Just go. We, Jenny, we had someone on the podcast. Someone we had a guy on the podcast named Brian Nunes, and uh, Brian, um, no Nunes, Nunes, yeah. Brian Nunes, and he uh he actually uh backpacked around the world. So he bought like oh, a cool. He bought like an airline ticket. I think he said it was like five thousand dollars. And as long as you kept going east you could do affiliate flights to go east. But uh, so he would fly from one city to another and then, you know, walk for 500 miles and then pick up another airplane and, and keep Crazy. on going. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, he did what? it for a year. Yeah, yeah. He had this, um, he had this, what he, what he started doing uh, right when he got into uh, hairdressing was he would put $30 a day into his bank account. And before you knew it, he had like a hundred grand. And then he took a year off. And did his and did his backpack around the world. I thought it was it's kind of one of the coolest stories I've heard in hairdressing. Yeah, but it takes a certain type of individual that to have the guts and say, you know what, I'm gonna peace out for nine months, twelve months, and come back and I'll make it all happen again. That is crazy. I don't know, yeah. So but yeah. I think at the time though, like there wasn't social media, there wasn't like a way to like get out there and like you know what I mean? So which will looking, be harder because I yeah, think it's totally media, yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It takes a lot of, it takes a certain type of person that to do something because that it, because a lot of people who lose their clientele after because their clientele is not going to stick around for nine months, waiting for you for nine months to a year, no and uh, come back and you know, no sweat. I'm going to rebuild this thing. Well, I feel if you don't have any responsibilities, you know why not? And I, I think like it was probably the best thing that I could have ever done for myself because small town girl like. I see the big picture. I understand like there's situations happening in the Ukraine that no one here knows about. And so I'm empathetic towards that, you know, and, and I don't know, I could go on and on, but I think it was really cool to just see like how different countries are run and different people live. And a lot of people don't like the Ukraine, like they don't have a lot of things and they're really genuinely happy. So I think at the time it was really really neat experience and it was good for me that's beautiful as the story evolves i'm in more and more all of you so yeah i am too yeah they uh i think they said like when you have nothing you uh you appreciate joy right i think i think 
we're, we're missing kind of joy, right? We're always searching for happiness, but where's the joy, right? Yeah, I mean, they yeah, have a certain totally. type of contentment that we don't have. Right. Or mm-hmm. not me, but like but, people, yeah. you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. Especially in this country that, you know, I mean, we're constantly working, you know, 24-7, trying to work for something, trying to achieve something, trying to do something, you know what I mean? Instead of just taking a step, step back and take a deep breath and just really appreciate what you have around you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Each other. Look at each other, man. Oh, aren't you guys cute? Here, wait, where's mine? <laughs> we just fist bumped uh, each other and Jenny. Yeah. So Jenny, when you got back to uh, you got back to Phoenix, did you uh, were, were you back in the uh, a TG salon or what was your what was your path? Yeah, I just worked there for about six months trying to get my clients back, basically, and then I went to booth renting. So, and that's ultimately like you know, then I got married, had my daughter Magnolia. And, um, that's kind of around the time that I launched confessions of a hairstylist. What year was that? Oh man. I don't even know. Uh, I've been doing it for seven years. So what is that? What are we in? I don't even know. I would, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Like, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So what was, what was the original, when you came up with confessions of a hairstylist, what was your initial thought about it? Well, you know, like, I don't know why I have this problem that I always feel like I need more. And I was feeling very stagnant in my career. I was just day in, day out going inside the salon. Um, Again, I had my daughter, so I was working part-time. And I don't know, she would take really long naps and I didn't feel fulfilled. So during the times that she would be napping instead of cleaning my house or something, I decided to um, launch a blog. And it was really just for my clients to just get inspiration for new products or new little things they can do on their hair. So I launched a blog. I did a 30-day challenge um, where I changed my hair for 30 days. And then I kind of got addicted to like the numbers kind of going up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed into what it is today. So the blog, then people were asking me to do like YouTubes and then I jumped on YouTube and Instagram and that's really how it all went down. That's pretty cool, man. Right. It's just kind of funny, you know, like, oh, I'm bored because my daughter's napping. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, but you guys know how determined I am, at least now, you know, so I just needed something else. Like it wasn't, and I, I wish sometimes that I could just be a normal eight to fiver or 10 to seven or whatever. But like, I get so bored and I, I need projects. I need to feel like, woo. I need to feel like my phone just fell. Sorry guys. <laughs> oh, no um, I, I don't know. I just always need something more in my career. So, well, I mean, it, it's driven you pretty far. Is so. it? Yeah. I mean, if there was a secret for that energy, I mean, it's just that, that constant energy. Yeah, no doubt. What, um, so is, is booth renting, um, has it been big in Phoenix or is it something that, uh, that kind of started at that moment? I feel like it was just starting at that moment. Like, because where I worked was the place to work um, at the time for booth renting. And now they're all over the place, right? All over the place. Right. Yeah. They just recently uh, here in the DC area, probably, probably within the last five years, really starting to become popular But up until this point. I mean, it was 
you know, very, very few, if any. Yeah. Really? Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting, like, you know, you go to LA and everybody's in the booth or you go to Florida and everybody's in the booth, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to kind of, to kind of make it to our area, our area. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I often wonder why too. Um, I don't know. Maybe laws or something. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> so, so go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, so, you know, so you, the last seven years you've been in a s- studio or a, you said a booth rent. Yeah, so I was, well, so I was booth renting, and then one of my girlfriends opened the salon, so I was working um, at her space, and then I've only worked at like four salons my whole hairdressing career, but about two years ago, I realized that I just needed my own space. I needed my own studio, and I don't know, because for me, I could only film my YouTubes, and at the time, I was just launching my app. But um, I just needed more flexibility with my schedule because I have two children and I need a studio I can go and film the videos where I don't have to do it on Sunday. And obviously, if you're going to film a video during working hours, it's a little bit disruptive. So, yeah, I definitely need my own studio. And it's worked out great. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. So uh, your your YouTube videos, are they like educational videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have... um, Oh gosh, I don't even know. Like, yeah, totally. I have like eighty tutorials on there or something, and then I have an educational app too, Confessions of a Hairstylist. That's a subscription app, but they're very educational. The YouTube's more like quickies, like three to four minutes, and then my app videos are like twenty to thirty minutes long, something like that. And, And that's available on the App Store, and is it? Yeah, that's cool. So it's the Confessions of a Hairstylist. That's the name of the app. Yeah, or it might just be confessions of a hairstylist. She doesn't know the name of her app. I don't even know. I think it's <laughs> confessions of a hairstylist. That's cool. Okay, so you've done teaching. You've worked behind the chair. You've done studio. You've been a mom. So uh, how, what was next? I mean, it seems like you, you fulfilled uh, or checked all the boxes. Um, well, is, are we talking about air now? Is that yeah, where we're going to no, go? I think we are. Tell us. Okay, about that, cool. How did, how, well, how did the idea of that start first? Yeah, where did that start? Well, I was actually approached to start a product line about three years ago. And I, that's never been a dream or a focus of mine. I just felt like it was very out of touch. So I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure. And so I continued the conversation with this person for a little bit. And then they kind of helped me, you know, figure out what labs I'm going to use and et cetera, et cetera. And then I just got so far into it that there was no going back. But Mm -hmm. with that being said, what really helped motivate me, and again, this has been a three-year project, and that was kind of the peak and prime time for working with a lot of different brands. I was getting sponsored left and right. I was being invited to all the events. I was working backstage at New York Fashion Week, London Fashion Week, et cetera. And I just had this moment where I was like, these brands are great, but something is missing. Like there's something missing. And I just felt like, not that I could do a better job, but something needed to kind of change. And what I mean by that is that I just felt like one, the old school kind of 
mentality is lacking a little bit within brands. And, you know, that probably has to do with social media, influencers, whatever, but that kind of like one-on-one connection with your clients or customers is kind of missing. Like I went through this time where, where I felt like working with brands was so transactional. Like, I don't really know if they cared about me or they cared about my numbers. And I didn't like that feeling. So that's actually kind of where I came up with the idea with air because I, um, felt like something, I wanted to do something different in the industry and the whole air concept was kind of on a idea that wellness, well-being and wellness and great high-performance products aren't really connected. And anyways, I know the innovation is a little bit different or whatnot, but I'm all about kind of balance. Like I go to yoga, but Mm -hmm. do I drink a glass of wine at night? Yes. You know, so that's kind of where the idea for air kind of came from is that, you know, you can still have something luxury and then have something a little bit edgy and holistic too. So um, I had this crazy idea. So I wear this ring all the time. Um, this is black onyx and it actually represents like it, it keeps negativity away from you, whether you believe in that stuff or not. Like, I feel like it's a really good reminder for myself to just like block out the not negativity haters, whatever. So I had, and my mother-in-law is actually a gemologist. So she is a jeweler. So just talking with her and she, you know, kind of was like, oh, there's all these different kinds of stones and that represent this and that. And I started looking into it and that's where I got the idea for crystal infused products. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, help me out. How are they crystal infused? I mean, is is it, it, it isn't a stone or isn't crystal like a hard substance. So how are you making it like a liquid or like a, a liquid line out of that? So, um, that's a great question. And that was the same questions that my, uh, lab had to, it was definitely very difficult because since it hadn't been done, there had to be a lot of testing done on it to make sure that it was safe and how it was going to go down. So like, um, I have my texture air right here. Um, so this is our texture spray. It's called texture air. And actually the crystal quartz and the mica that's in here has been pulverized to a very, very light micro dust. So it's um, actually like, so the idea and concept for that was really, well, one, the crystal quartz, because it helps kind of ward negativity, but also mica. Like, I don't know if you guys know what mica is, but if you ever look at a rock and there's like that glitter or like glimmery kind of substance in a rock. That's actually what mica is. So I was kind of thinking, well, shoot, texture spray is a matte finish. It's dry. And if you put silicone into a dry texture spray or dry shampoo, it's going to weigh the hair down. So the mica idea was that it will give a little bit of a reflective property and it does. So it doesn't give a whole lot of shine, but you do see some reflectiveness with the mica and the crystal quartz infused. That's brilliant. <laughs> really brilliant, isn't it? Oh my goodness. And it's funny because as, as we get more in, involved in this, uh, she's not just talking the talk. I mean, this thing is self-funded, correct? Yeah, 100%. 100 
who has the the cojones or you know what I mean the guts you know I got this idea and I'm gonna fund it you know a product line is not cheap oh, and to, to, to fund it 100% yourself you truly got to believe in the product you know what I mean because a lot of times you know it's easy to, to find funding but to actually fund it yourself I mean that that's mad respect right there yeah you ain't kidding well, I, it was, I tried to get it funded. That's actually what I was doing in LA when I was, I saw you guys, mm-hmm. I had some uh, potential investor meetings there, but it was really difficult because my idea was so unusual. So there was no yeah. again. And then she's like, you know what? I'm not going to accept that. <laughs> oh, it, it pissed me off. Right. It pissed me off. I was like, what? Like, okay, watch me kind of thing, you know? So mm. I love that. But with that being said, you know, it's not like I have a ton of money and I was able to do this. I was smart. Like I spent all my money on my app two years ago and then I made that money. I put it away and then I rolled it into air. And it's not like I had, you know, I, I didn't put a whole lot into it, but December 17th of last year. So that was what, 2018. I, paid for all my Christmas presents. I was ahead. I paid my bills and I just looked at my husband. And I go, cause it's at this time I was looking for funding you guys. Okay. Right. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I have all these formulations. I've worked on the packaging. I've done all these things. I don't know what to do. And I told my husband, I go, we're caught up. The kids have Christmas. I'm going to use our life savings and I'm going to put an order in for 15,000 texture sprays. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to launch a website. Everything's going to be okay. And I just made the decision that I was going to do it. So then, you know, with that being said, that was like the first product and the hair refresher. And then since then we've made profited, we've made money from it, you know? So, and I'm not, I haven't paid myself a dime at all. Yeah, we know. I'm hoping soon. <laughs> hey, hey, you're preaching to the choir right here, man. So, hey, so Jenny, so uh, all right, I know, I know that you have a lovely, supportive husband, but um, but 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 there has to, there had to be concern in that conversation. I mean, a hundred percent. But I mean, I don't know. He kind of lets me do what I want. Uh, he knows, you know, how determined I am, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I don't know. He's com- completely supported it. Like a pretty amazing and it hasn't guy. been easy. These like, right. so what? That's been like 10 months almost. Like it's been sh- really shitty and it's been difficult, you know, just it's, it's scary. And, you know, I even like in January when I made that, well, December, I made the decision, but in January, I just like got all my finances together. We like took off direct TV and we got Hulu for the kids. And we just kind of really looked where we were kind of spending a lot of money that we were wasting. And we, you know, figured it downsized. out. Yeah. Well, he, he's been with her for a while. It's easy for you and I to say, Oh, wow. That'd, that'd be tough to have that conversation, you know, that kind of life savings, but he's, he's witnessed uh, things that, you know what? I'm going to peace out for nine months, come back, boom, bigger and stronger. You know what I mean? So he's seen these growths. Right. Uh, so he's like, you know what? Do what you got to do because I, I believe in you, honey. I believe in you. Uh, yep. <laughs> pretty awesome, man. What the, what's your husband's name? Let's give him a shout out. His name is Casey. He's great. Casey. <laughs> Casey. Casey. Casey, get out of the way. She's making shit happen. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> but so, you know, like with that being said, it all worked out because he's a steel, he's a metal fabricator. And so he was like, I got to get a bigger space, like 2,600 square foot um, shop. And so anyways, air rents out half of it for our product. So, you know, like it all kind of worked out. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's really awesome. Hey, so, uh, so what's happening in two weeks? Oh my gosh. Two weeks we find, is it two weeks already? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so two weeks. two weeks we are doing, um, an air gathering and it is our second one. So basically the air gathering is where a lot of hairstylists come into town and we do a hair jam. It's full of education. It's full of inspiration. We're going to be talking about all the new products. Um, tickets are actually intro kits to the product line. So that's really fun. It's the first time that hairstylists are going to see actual physical labeled products oh, of oh. all of Air's products. So we have eight altogether, but we'll probably have six at the gathering. And then another two will be a couple weeks um, after that. So it's a little different. Like the first gathering we did was, it was different. We got people talking for sure. That's cool. So when, um, so any hairdresser can go, I mean, like anybody can kind of like uh, show up in Scottsdale. Yeah. Well, they have to buy a ticket for it. No, no, right, right, right. So where, so where can they get tickets? They can get tickets on airprofessional.com. And then if you head to the shop, there's like an air gathering uh, ticket option. And that's, and that's air is A I I R, right? Yes. That was like the fourth name that I, that I had for air. Oh my God. Oh, okay. What, oh, well, hold on. So that's, um, so the gathering is October 5th, 5th and 6th. And 6th. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where? In Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you're going to fly I, in, you have to fly into Phoenix. I found out. Yep. <laughs> I didn't Phoenix realize. Easy. Yeah. 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 So, so air was your third or fourth name. What were your other ones? Well, they, so I wanted, oh, they sound so stupid now. Well, no, like, cause, cause I wanted something weird and an element and whatever. Cause all of the products, they not only have crystals, but like some have volcanic ash and marigold and I don't know, like a lot of different holistic elements. So I needed something earthy. So I wanted, uh, it was going to be called ether, but with an A and then I tried A-Y-R, A-E-R, I don't know, just the trademarks and stuff. And, you know, Walmart owns half of the great names out there, I found out. They trademarked everything for hair care. It sucks. Yeah. Wow. They monopolized uh, the, 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 the hair care stuff, right? Totally. <laughs> Including Pure Allergy, because you can get it right on their shelves. Really? I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out. Oh. yeah totally can (laughs) that's crazy yeah we're gonna get some hate mail now (laughs) jenny is getting hate mail (laughs) so yeah so how how can our listeners uh just find you follow you kind of keep up to what you know what you're doing yeah, so um, followers can follow me on Instagram at the Confessions of a Hairstylist. And then inside that bio, there's all the links to my YouTube, my app, my Facebook, all of those things. And then if they're interested in air, it's on Instagram, air professional, and it's a double I R professional and um, airprofessional.com. 
they can sign up for a newsletter and they get all the inside scoop about any upcoming product launches and educational stuff and all of the things. So that's awesome. And constant positivity. Constant. That's it. That's it. Unfollowing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was a positive influencer. Yep. Positive influencer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Much love. Yeah, Jenny. Much, much love. Much, much love. I wish we could have uh, we could make it out to the gathering, but we're not going to be able to make it this year. But but you said next time, right? Next time we're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll actually plan it out. I'm going to have like my stuff organized because, uh, you know, this, this first or this is actually the second air gathering. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of different components because we're fully launching and there's just so many people that are coming into town. But we're going to do another one in spring. So you guys oh, so have to be there. We'll definitely, we'll be, there. definitely be there. Let's, um, Hey, let's, uh, let's, uh, who are some of the people, um, who are some of the people that are showing up? Uh, Rebecca Taylor, Cassandra Platinum, uh, Blush and Maine, Erica Keelan, um, Tucker J. Styles. Nice. And if you come out, you'll get a chance to meet all these people, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So we're gonna do our panel, and then we're gonna do like a mix and mingle cocktail reception after. Oh, what's your uh, what's your what's your panel gonna be about? It is gonna be industry related stuff, like super raw. And I wish you guys were the podcast, you know, experts, but that's okay. <laughs> Next one, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, because really, this is the thing. Like, I wanted to be able to showcase so many different opportunities within our industry. Like you don't have to just be a stylist on Instagram. You can be color focused like Rebecca. You can be an entrepreneur like myself. You can be a brand expert like Cassandra, an editorial stylist like this gal, Tracy Barrett, that we have. She's an agency rep um, hairstylist. So I just wanted to really showcase like all the different avenues than just being like an Instagram star doing X, Y, and Z. You know, so we're really just trying to like, yeah, showcase that there's so many different types of, of career paths that you can go within the industry. I love you, Jenny Streeby. Yep. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. I love you guys. You're amazing. Jenny, thanks for your time. Thanks for making a a couple minutes for us um, to, to, to be able to record this. Um, we love everything that you're doing in the industry. We love, uh, we love you. And, uh, apparently we love Casey too, because, uh, he's letting you, uh, let you shine. Let you do you. I mean, he doesn't really have a choice to be honest with you, but I mean, but like in his defense though, he's watched it slowly build. And you know, every time we take a, a risk, it's just getting a little bit bigger. So it's not like, seven years ago, I just decided to do a product line. Like, you know, I've kind of eased the, myself the progression into of it. Yeah. A hundred percent. So love that. Jenny Streeby, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Well, the Jenny uh, has a day off. It's no, I'm like, no, I don't. But thank you guys so much. You guys rock. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song 
pleased to meet you on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>